So let's say you're looking to purchase a property or you have purchased a property. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the size. It could be 20 units. It could be 200 units. It could be 2000 units. So size is irrelevant. And really property type is irrelevant, whether it's a C-class property mm-hmm. that you're going to go in or, or D and you're going to go in and you're going to rehab it, fix it up, or it's an a, A-class asset. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you wanna become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're gonna learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco with the Five Talents Podcast. We're just super excited today. Thank you, Mr. Todd Thorpe for joining us, my friend. Todd, how's it going? Abel, it is going fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure, man. I'm excited that you would kind of, you know, come ask us a little bit more about what we do, how we do it. I'm in a small kind of mastermind, Todd, for new podcasters as well. And, you know, just kind of reached out and asked us a little bit about what we do, how we do it, and and then started dropping some knowledge and expertise in some areas that I don't regularly dive into. So I was happy to have Todd come on. For those that don't know Todd, let me give you his background just so, you know, before I turn it over to him. Todd really began his career in telecommunications in 1989. So he's held a lot of different positions for sales, <laughs> executive leadership positions within focus on the multifamily sector. So if you look him up, you'll see he's got, you know, 12 years at Spectrum, a couple years at Charter, which are, you know, these entities that we find in apartment complexes when we're trying to figure out negotiating, you know, prices on on a new deal. We're looking through the expenses and we're seeing, oh, what's this line item? What's this line item? What are these all these ancillary items that come into the the Excel and we're trying to figure out what can go, what can stay, and what's the right price to offer. But anyways, Todd is now the vice president of MDU Consulting Group. So they're a national consulting firm. They represent property owners, management companies, developers, homeowners associations, and they really, you know, will help advise, guide, provide consulting around some of these items. So anyways, he's a unique guest to our show, and I'm happy to have and learn a little bit more from him. But Todd, let me turn it over to you, my friend. You know, tell us more about your background, what you do, and and how you help owners. And we'll, we'll just kind of start. We'll start it right there, my friend. Well, thank you so much. You made me sound a lot more important than I actually thought I was, man. That sounds great. No, you're the um, man. You're the man. There's a reason I wanted you on the show. So thank you. Well, and you are from an investing standpoint and, I, and I've and i learned a great deal from yourself. And yeah, it's all about networking, right? The multifamily space is a very small, large community made up of investors like yourself who are educating people very well on that side of the business 
property owners, operators, syndicators, and then management companies, property management companies, and homeowners associations. And then we can't forget and leave out nursing home and assisted living, your senior properties. So the multifamily space is pretty wide and and pretty varied. It's not just traditional apartments, although that makes up a majority of it. And they're large and small. They could be 23-unit complex, some quadplexes, right, on up to large 1,000-unit student housing properties or master-planned communities. So like you were saying, I've been in the the telecommunications space since 89, so I'm really kind of dating myself. So 30-plus years, that's been kind of my professional career, and a majority of that has been focused in multifamily. So in the cable world, you really have two different types of residential customers. You have SFUs or single family units, just your single family homes. And then you have MDUs, which stands for multi-dwelling unit. And those are your multifamily properties. And my department and my strengths lied in, in the sales in the multifamily space. And really what that means, Abel, is negotiating right of entry agreements and bulk agreements with property owners, yeah. with your listeners, yeah, right? Yeah. To pause you for a second here too, this is an area where if you're doing due diligence on a property and you're yeah. not figuring out which contracts you know, may tr- not transfer over or transfer over, you may be stuck with some old, you know, an agreement that yeah. somebody worked out a long time ago and somebody like Todd, you know, living in this space for all these number of years has seen the ins and outs and which is why I'm like, okay, this is, this is a great guest, but Todd, sorry to interrupt, man. Let me no, no. let you continue. No, no. I mean, you know, jump in as you have questions. I have, have a tendency to ramble a little bit and, good, and kind of go off. But, you know, if you kind of walk somebody through the process, the reason why you need a right of entry, you know, agreement, right of entry, ROE agreement, their telecom agreements, their access agreements, their bulk agreements, they go by a lot of different names. But ultimately, it's an easement that you as the property owner or your group of investors, because you formed an LLC and you have a, a legal entity and ownership in that property, because it's private property and it sits on a parcel of land, there's a legal description for that land, the cable company or the phone company, in order for them to access those residents, your residents, your tenants, they should have an easement in the form of a a right of entry agreement or telecom access agreement, whatever you want to call it. But there should be a formal written easement or agreement to allow the provider to come onto your property. And there's a lot of misconception. You know, we've been doing this a long time and there still is a lot of education out there trying to educate owners that this is really something that they should be doing. And if they're not, they're missing out because there's a lot of money that they're leaving on the table. Yeah, that, well, is, that they should be negotiating. This is a great spot. This is a great so, kind of entry point, right, to get into. Yeah. So tell us as owners, as a, a general partner, what should I be aware of? And yep. then 
and then we'll walk into like what this actually means for profits. Okay. So, great yep. spots. That's a perfect place to start. So let's say you're looking to purchase a property or you have purchased a property. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the size. It could be 20 units. It could be 200 units. It could be 2000 units. So size is irrelevant. And really property type is irrelevant, whether it's a C-class property mm-hmm. that you're going to go in or, or D and you're going to go in and you're going to rehab it, fix it up, or it's an A-class a asset. You want to make sure that if there's an agreement on that asset or not before you purchase it. Doesn't mean that you're not going to purchase just because there's a telecom agreement. You just want to make sure. So when you do your due diligence, you're going to check to see if there's any other easements and if there's any other contracts on that property, right? So waste agreements, snow removal agreements, if you live in the northern states, landscaping agreements, Washer laundry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, laundry yeah. contracts, all of those contracts, telecom agreements are the same thing. And some of the other agreements that I mentioned, those relationships, those are also ways to generate ancillary revenue with that service provider. Because that's really what you're doing is you're allowing a service provider access to your residence and they should be compensating you for access to your residence to sell services, right? Or to provide services on your premises. So telecom agreements, most of them, not all, but generally most of them are in the form of an easement. And I'm sure your listeners know what an easement is, right? An encumbrance for access to a property. And in most cases, those easements are recorded with the Register of Deeds office, right? Mm -hmm, So they're, mm -hmm. they're public documents. So when you do your due diligence, you should be able to uncover those documents. So that's the best way to do it. If the seller of the property is not disclosing that they have that, then you should be able to uncover that. So that's the first step right? So your due diligence, checking into that. Once you buy the property, now you have that contract. Most of those agreements are assumable. Just like a lot of agreements, there's an assignment clause in that contract that means the owner has to assume that agreement. And a lot of the times it will say that the owner has to assume that agreement in writing, a written assumption. So Abel, if you're going to buy a property, you know, a hundred unit property in Texas and it's recorded at the local county office, you're going to get a copy of that agreement and there's a written assumption. So you would notify the seller of the property in writing. And then you would also notify the telecom provider that you've assumed that contract and obviously the terms of that contract, whatever is baked into that, right? Yeah, yeah. And the best way to do my due diligence to make sure I don't miss anything is kind of where I'm, some of them yeah. are like uncovered, but what's the best way to make sure, man, I don't miss anything? Well, the best way for telecom agreements is check with the local register of deeds office to see okay. if anything is was recorded. I'll, so that, I'll see them all, no matter. Yeah. Okay. And most of them, you know, most of those people, you know, Ruth down at the register of deeds office because you've been buying properties left and right, right? So you strike up a relationship with them because it's public record because there's a tax bill that has to be paid on that property. So that's really where it all starts with. So you would go to the register of deeds office and double check and see if there is a recorded contract. Very good. Um, 
And then you would uncover that. Now you get a copy of that contract. But the seller of the property, you could always start with them too and ask them to provide you with copies of all agreements that they're going to potentially be assuming as you purchase a property. And as an owner, I hope they would give us everything, but we're looking for the actual way to check. And this makes a lot of sense. Okay. So now we know where I'm looking and what to look for. Then I get these agreements and documents. What does this even mean? Right. Well, okay. So now you want to start looking at expiration dates. Who is it with? Is it with Charter? Is it with Comcast? Is it with AT&T, Verizon, mm-hmm. Frontier, mm-hmm. depending on where you're located or you know all the above. So you want to find out who the contract is. And there could be several providers. If you allow AT&T and Comcast on your property, well, there should be a contract between AT&T and Comcast and the owner. So there should be two contracts on that property. Should. That's the operative word here. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But once you get that and assuming there is one and you've assumed it, now you need to dive in and Look at the contract, show it to your attorney, uh, you know, assuming that you have legal counsel, show them that. But what you're looking for, don't always just rely on the attorney. They're, they're good and we want to have attorneys. But I always say that I'm not an attorney, but I played one on TV last night, right? I know enough to be dangerous and yeah. I know contracts and I know the language very, very well. And you could send it to me or send it to somebody else who you trust, who could look at that. But you want to see mainly what is the remaining term on that contract? Mm -hmm, How much mm -hmm. term do you have left? Is it five years? Is it 10 years? Is there one year? And there's always going to be an initial term and then there's going to be a renewal term, right? Are you in the initial term? Are you in an auto renewal? And that varies. So that's kind of the first step to see. And then- I have a template letter. If your listeners want to reach out to me, I can send them this for free. I just give them a template letter and it's a a termination or notice of of cancellation Mm -hmm. that they want to send the provider that stops that contract from automatically renewing again. It doesn't mean that they're canceling the contract. I don't want to auto renew. (laughs) I don't want to auto renew. Right. Exactly. So all that does is put the provider on notice, shows that you know what you're talking about, kind of puts the brakes on it. And then that gives you time to potentially look into other options and or negotiate a new agreement with the current provider or possibly a different provider. Yeah. So really that one point that Todd mentioned. So everything else makes perfect sense. Right. And the last point, the reason we're doing all of this stuff or as an investor myself, I'm trying to make the most amount I possibly can for all of my investors in terms of returns. And so part of that is increasing my net operating income. Yeah. So I try to reduce my expenses and make as much profit as possible because that will juice my return. So yep. if there's an agreement out there that I'm, you know, let's say an owner has, has owned this property for five, 10, 15 years and just kind of, you know, taking a back seat to things, if you would for a number of years, which is one of the reasons I'd I'd love to be in that asset as an investor, they've taken it easy. They haven't renegotiated. They may be paying some terms. Auto renew is bad. Nobody's been grinding this, you know, vendor down. 
So I want to grind them down and I want to stop the auto renew so I can negotiate here. So let me pause and turn it back over to Todd. But that's kind of why we're doing it. That's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. You want to kind of put the brakes on it so that you can now have kind of an intelligent discussion and evaluation as to exactly what's going on at the property. And Maybe it's time to switch providers. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's time to just call the the provider out because the service been provided up to that point hasn't been that great. So now once you go into an auto, auto renewal, you kind of just lost all of your leverage, right? So that's what you want to do. And then send that notice. And now it's time to start looking into what you should be doing. And let's just say that contract is coming up for renewal. Most providers will start looking at renewing contracts within 12 to 24 months before that contract expires. Mm. And a lot of owners don't know that. They think they have to wait until several months before that contract expires, before they can renew it again. Yeah. Do it now. Uh, That's your advice. (laughs) Do it now. Yeah. 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 Or if you're going to change terms, like if you're going to add bulk cable and internet services, they'll allow you to do that Mm mid-contract. So the point is you want to send out notice and then get on top of it. And if you are in that window to now start to look at a new agreement and new terms, now's the time to get into it. And that's when you want to start to get out your negotiating hat and really start to, because the terms that were negotiated previous, they benefited the previous owner, right? Yeah. yeah. And you want, maybe you're buying a property and I don't know, you probably experienced this and I'm sure your listeners have too. They're purchasing a property and there's cable wires hanging all over on the outside of the building and, and the wiring is a mess. Yeah. So now's the time for them to kind of call the provider out and say, well, wait a minute here. Before I renew an agreement, I want you to come out and repair the wiring or fix yeah, looks, the wiring. Looks really horrible. I already have enough stuff to fix it. And, and then That's right. on top of it, I got these wires hanging out and my value add you know, opportunity is like, man, I'm going to make the outside look good. And this is an eyesore to me. Right. So yeah, come yep. fix this. That's a yeah, great you- time. Exactly. You want to use your knowledge. You don't know what you don't know. And that's Mm -hmm. what I always say. If you don't know that you should be asking for these things and looking for these things and and checking this stuff out, you're just going to allow the cable provider or the phone provider to continue serving your property without any benefit to you as the investor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That notice of a cancellation goes out and I would imagine somebody's going to want a call or a discussion or something with me. And then on the flip side, I want to have my contract negotiations hat out, which is how do I get the best deal for me? What should I ask for? How much do I know to ask for? What if I really like the service? And the service is actually pretty good, but I still want to try to find out if I can cut costs somewhere and they're willing to do that. And so maybe I'm asking for something else. So MDU Consulting, this is what you guys exist to do, correct? That's what we specialize in doing. So owners, either they fall into typically two areas, either they do it internally, 
-hmm. they do it very, very well. Mm -hmm. And they really have no need for us. And that's great. They've learned how to do it. They're astute at it. They attend conferences and seminars and they learn and there's a lot of information online or they get advice from people like myself and then they take it upon themselves. Or there's owners typically that, well, there's really three. The second is they don't have the time to do it. And the third is they just don't have the knowledge. They don't Mm -hmm. even understand this. So they need somebody like us to do it because it can be complicated. It really can be. And sometimes it's wise to hire somebody to help you negotiate through this stuff. Today's age, it's not just telco. It's not just cable. It's, you know, all kinds of things, Wi-Fi, Internet of Things, you know, smart access devices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Absolutely. And we can advise you if you want to deploy smart technology in your property. There's a big difference between just putting in a bunch of cable modems and and wireless access points and thinking that you're covered versus putting in a full-blown managed Wi-Fi system. And you know, we can give you some guidance and advice. And and look, I'm here to to teach and help your listeners. And if you just want to reach out and call me or email me and because you have a question or send me a contract to look at, I'm not going to charge you, you know, $400 an hour to, to do that. I'll do it for free. I love multifamily. I love this space. And it's because I've been in it for so long because it's a great industry and I love helping people. I love teaching owners because I don't like to see them getting taken advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's good. So if we want to reach out, obviously you can help us through, but like you said, you enjoy teaching people, helping others, and you do find some of those owners that are astute. They are up to speed. They do learn. You do find some that don't have the knowledge and some that don't have the time. So I would imagine at some point in everyone's career, it's like, oh, I could benefit from knowing Mr. Todd Thorpe and and MDU (laughs) Consulting Group. It just depends on where you catch us, right? In the career, man. So that's good. Yeah. Well, I apologize to interrupt. Tell us more. Like, what are the best ways that you've seen people kind of negotiate these down Mm -hmm. or you guys have experienced? What are the best things that you've seen? Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're going to show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Let me start with the four ways that an owner can make money because that's really what it comes down to is ultimately it's generating that ancillary revenue. And that's what we 
preach. That's what we know best. So the first is in what are called door fees, which are upfront payments. And they're, they're a one-time payment. Now, the previous owner in that contract maybe received an upfront payment. So when you go to renegotiate a new agreement, that's the first thing that you want to make sure. And that's where an owner can make the most money. What a door fee payment is, it's just a one-time per door payment multiplied times the number of units you have. So if you have a hundred unit property and the cable company is going to pay you a hundred dollars a door, $10,000, right? Mm -hmm. So you would be looking at a one-time check made out to the legal entity of the property for a $10,000 upfront payment. And that payment usually is made anywhere from 60 to 90 days after you sign the agreement with the cable or, or phone operator. But I've just threw out $100 as an example. I've seen door fees able range from you know, as low as about $50. And we got an owner recently, a $400 per unit door fee check. So, you know, it's like anything when you buy a property, when you buy a house, when you buy a car, everything is negotiable. Everything is. <laughs> yeah. I'll and take, that's, I'll take that door fee. And that's what you want. Don't just automatically take what the cable provider says they'll give you, mm -hmm. ratchet it up. I had a, a proposal come to me for a 48 unit property and I won't say who or, or the provider, but they sent me a proposal for a $150 a door for a 48 unit property. And I came back to them and I said, no, that's just so time out. I know you can do better than that. So let's sharpen the pencil. So I went up to 350 where I ended up getting 275. Yeah. So had I just said 150 and rolled over, I left, you know, what, $125 throughout per door, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and that adds up that can add up really, really fast. So if you have a thousand units and you do a hundred dollars a door, you can make a hundred thousand mm -hmm, dollars, mm -hmm. you know? So again, it just, obviously the more units you have, the more you can get and there's economics of scale. So you can take all of your properties versus just one at a time. That's what you want to try to do. The more properties you can kind of gang together and negotiate a deal on. And I'm sure that happens in the investing world too. If you're going to buy properties, maybe that's a similar play or not. But sure. so door fees are the, are the number one way to make money. First of all, you should be getting a door fee from the provider, period. Okay. They should not be providing service to your property without some compensation to you. Zero. I'm the new owner. I'm asking for a door fee. I see Correct. $50 at a minimum. You've seen them high as $350, $400. And I'm definitely taking this agreement and saying, no, no, no. I know you guys can do better than that. Do you really want my business for the however long, you know, we're going to be together, right? Yeah, because you do have the legal right to tell the provider, you're not going to serve my property. 
And okay. you, you have the legal right to do that because it's private property. Now, you don't want to be reckless and there's chances are the cable provider is not going to pull out and not serve your property. And you yeah. want to give your residents choice. You don't want to create animosity and get a war there going. You want to try to negotiate a win-win. So, so that's the first place is door fees or upfront payments. They're just okay. one-time payments. Yep. The second is revenue share. Revenue and those share. are ongoing payments that you would receive as the owner of the property for the duration of the contract. So you might sign a five-year, you might sign a 10-year agreement. Most agreements are between five to 10 years. Term is something that you want to try to obviously get as short a term as possible, but we're talking compensation. So revenue share is based off of the percentage of video, internet, and phone customers that the provider has in your property. So using the 100-unit property, again, as an example, say they have 40 video customers, they have 60 internet customers, and they have 10 phone. Phone is pretty low these days, landline phone. I'm not talking about mobile phone. Yeah, I'm talking about landline. Everyone has their iPhone now. Yeah, exactly. So phone penetration, landline penetration is pretty low. But anyway, you're going to receive a percentage of the revenue based off of the number of subscribers. So mm -hmm. the idea behind revenue share is to get the owner to have skin in the game and to help to promote the provider so the penetration goes up. So in your lease packets, and some of the smaller properties don't have a leasing office, but the larger properties do. You're going to promote Charter, Comcast, AT&T, whoever the provider is, to the residents. And then that will get the penetration up because you might see anywhere from about 3 to you know 10% of the monthly recurring revenue based on the penetration. So using my example, say it's 40% video penetration, they may pay you 4% of the revenue on the video. The internet is 60. They may pay you 6% of that. Not saying that I'm just making up numbers just for illustrative purposes. And then if the phone is say 2%, they'll pay 20%, they'll pay you 2%. And then those checks are sent to you on a monthly, mostly on a quarterly basis. And you're going to get that revenue for the entire term of the contract. So that's the second way to make money. The third is more indirect. It's not actual cash money in your pocket. And those would be courtesy or complimentary services in the form of internet and video. And those are residential services. So say you have a clubhouse, say you have a common area, say you have a fitness room, say you have a maintenance person who lives on site or a leasing manager who lives on site. You should be saying to the cable operator, all right, well, in exchange for being here, in addition to the door fee and the revenue share, I want free cable and internet in my maintenance manager's yeah. apartment. Yeah, in the clubhouse, in the office, or the administrative, <laughs> yeah. whatever I can, tr you know, try to work in there reasonably, right? Exactly. Don't, I mean, don't be greedy, but you don't get it if you don't ask, right? <laughs> yeah. You got to ask a, for it. That's the old lesson. You never get what you don't ask for. So at least just ask. Like you said, nicely, we're not creating any animosity, but we're asking them to sharpen a little pencil. <laughs> and, that's uh, it. See if you can do it. But that makes perfect sense. That's awesome.
Yeah. So now you're going to save what? A hundred, 200, $300 a month on cable and internet. Yeah. Cause you know, we all know how expensive that's starting to get. So, yeah. you know, while again, it's not actual cash laid out, you know, if you have a maintenance person or a leasing manager on site, you can, you know, compensate them, throw that in their benefits package. That's a nice employee benefit. So for the passive investors and maybe new general partners, and I want to make sure we kind of amplify what Todd is saying, because let's just say we avoided $300 a month because they helped us on the clubhouse and an office space. <laughs> maybe our property manager, he's taking up a unit, right? Let's just say that's 300 bucks a month. Okay. Pretty reasonable. We're saying, Hey, thanks yeah. for the discount. Well, if I take $300 a month in the utility and I multiplied it by 12, that would be $3,600 that I would avoid for the year. And the $3,600, if you're a passive investor, you're thinking, well, that's not a ton of money. It's not a ton of jack, but maybe a general partner that looks at enough underwriting, like myself, when I'm really starting to grind this in, I take this $3,600 a year of expenses that I've now saved and I divide it by the cap rate. I'm going to use a 5% cap rate just to kind of give us an idea that's $72,000 of value that we've created through a 300, just the $300 savings for this one tactic, not to mention, you know, the, the others that we were talking about, the revenue share or anything, but it's, it's a very small movement, but that small movement, 300 bucks, if we can get it just equates to $72,000 more of, of value in the asset and valuation when we're trying to exit the property. So it's it's not immediate, it's not today, it's not cash in hand, but it is absolutely going to the bottom line. So just wanted to, to, to illustrate this for a minute. And I know, um, Abel, the key to passive investing, being either a passive or active investor is owning multiple properties too. So think uh, about how fast that that can add up if you have a portfolio of five properties or 10 mm -hmm. properties mm -hmm. and you're trying to scale your business. Yeah. One property, it might not be a big deal. Just like, you know, one, you know, Dorothy check on one, you know, yeah. 32 unit property is not like, wow, it's going to, you know, I'm going to break the bank, but over time, yeah. Yeah, sure. I save seventy-two grand across, you know, five deals. You know, there, right. there's three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It's uh it's some jack, <laughs> some serious jack, right? For three hundred yep. bucks a month. Yep. And you know, that's that's how it that uh, how it unfolds a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. And you gotta manage all this stuff. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you on point no. number three. No, 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 no. I'm glad because you got to kind of bring the investing piece in for your listeners. And you, you know, you know better than I do to really make sure that we draw the analogy so they get truly how those services can equate to actual dollars in their pocket. Mm -hmm. The fourth, and this, this is really more of a underused, I don't know if underused is a word or uh, underutilized um, tactic. You don't see this a lot in properties and that is buying bulk cable um, and or internet service or, or a Wi-Fi service from the operator, from the cable company, from the phone company. Wi-Fi is absolutely like, I mean, when you think about technology today it's and then huge. COVID, we're all staying at home, we're all doing a shelter in place. Even if people that are adventurous are getting out there, but not in the same 
way that we used to before COVID. And now yep. it's like, I got to work from home. I got to have internet access. So this is good that we're talking about it. Yeah. So, and what you're going to end up doing is creating an amenity for your residents mm-hmm. that they may not get at the property down the street. Yeah. Do so, you have high speed Wi-Fi? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, no. Then okay. If you answer that Boop. question, you're like, oh, thank you very much. You know, yep. it's, you got to do it. You got to provide it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but Garden Grove Apartments down the street, they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to rent from you because I like you better or I like, I just, I just like, like the property. I like the layout, whatever it is. So, you know, it's just something that owners should be thinking about more and more now. And really how it works is just like, you know, you go to Costco or you go to Sam's club um, and you buy a bunch of toilet paper, you buy a bulk of paper towels or coffee or whatever it is. You're essentially doing the same thing with cable um, or, and or internet. And when I say, I always say and or because you could do a double play. They call that a double play where you buy cable and internet in bulk, or you can do one or the other. You don't have to do both, but you might get a better rate. So what you're going to do is you're going to buy it in bulk from the cable operator at a huge discount. And then you're going to offer that as an amenity at your property. And what they're going to do is they're going to charge you for 100% of the units. And they have to do that for programming purposes because the programmers, which is, you know, I've been in the cable business long enough to know programming is your biggest expense. And the programmers require whenever they sell bulk that it's to 100% of the unit. So whether you're occupied, 100% occupied or not, you have to pay by the unit. So what they'll do is, let's say they'll charge you I'm just, you know, again, make up a number, right? So let's say it's $20 a month for video and you have a hundred unit property. That's $2,000 a month that you have to, you're going to pay the cable company, not your residents. You're going to kind of be the cable guy here and you're going to buy it in bulk, like buying toilet paper in bulk and then offering it to your residents. But the average video retail is like 80 or 120 bucks. Mm-hmm. you're going to buy it for 20 and then you're going to buy internet for another 20. So you might be paying $40 a month to the cable company, four grand a month, writing them a check for cable and internet. But here's what you can do. You can turn on a, you can advertise that you have free cable or Wi-Fi available at your property, but you can turn around and recoup that cost and charge them a $10 amenity fee or technology fee, or you can add it to the rent. There's a lot of creative ways to get that money back. So you charge them $30, a technology fee, and you pay the cable company 20 and you keep 10. So now you've just started making money off of the amenity that you're offering your residents. Oh, and then by the way, you can advertise that you have free cable or free internet. And now your property looks a little bit more attractive than the one down the street. So you're not going to necessarily get rich off it. You know, you can, because there's a lot of money to be made, but primarily it sets your property apart from the other providers, sorry, the other apartment in the area. 
So it just makes your property more attractive. And heck, even if you didn't charge an amenity fee, you could write it off as a marketing expense. And, you know, it's just a way to draw more residents in. Yeah. In any case, whether you're telling them directly, we're going to charge you 50 bucks for cable, internet, whatever, you're paying 40 and you're charging them 50 or the flip side of the, those same numbers, just example is you charge an amenity fee. Either way, we're trying to make the spread. And again, the spread is so valuable. Let's say the spread is 10 bucks a unit. Well, if I got 10 bucks a unit, multiply that by a hundred doors, that's a thousand bucks a month, multiply that by 12 months. And there's 12 grand a year and then divide this by a 5% cap rate. And that's $240,000 of value that we're creating. It is at a five cap rate. And that's the power of this savings, right? It just seems such a small amount for any passive investor that's listening. But this is how the operators are doing it. This is how we're trying to, we're trying to eke out, you know, 10 bucks here per unit, 20 bucks here per unit, because in a single family, it doesn't make a lot of sense. In a multifamily, it's like, oh, it's so massive, the valuation. And that's that's how we're doing it. So these are all great tactics, Todd. I appreciate it. And I imagine with the big enough portfolio, the right deals, the right opportunities, and hopefully all the same kind of carriers, I can lump all of these together, like you said, but I can also try to do you know three out of four, or whatever scenario. I want a door fee. I want the Mm-hmm. maybe indirect fee. I want to be able to, you know, have a revenue share or, you know, do a bulk agreement, right. And, you know, yeah. combine them together. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the beauty of it. You can get a door fee and do bulk and yeah. now you're getting compensation. Oh, and you're giving, you're getting free cable in the clubhouse. Yeah. You add all that up. And after a while, yeah, it really starts to look good on paper, but ultimately it looks way better in your, in your pocket. And then the bottom line, right? And yeah, profit. Absolutely. absolutely. Man, so it's been a really good, great conversation, Todd. I really appreciate it. And thanks for sharing these four buckets. And then, you know, something that we should be aware of when we're buying new property. So if our listeners, whether you're a general partner, you're trying to go do new deals or, you know, yep. somebody has a property today and they're, they're trying to figure out, hey, I should probably call you guys. What's the best place for them to reach out to you? They can uh, reach me by email, and that is tthorpe at mduconsultinggroup.com. I know it's kind of a mouthful. Then go to our website, mduconsultinggroup.com, cell phone, and all my contact information. Just go to my profile on LinkedIn, and my contact information is there. Reach out to me. And I truly mean this. If you have a question, me to look at a contract for you, we'll even evaluate your all of your properties for you. We don't charge anything. We make money only if we negotiate a contract for you. We're a fee-based company. We don't charge a retainer or an upfront fee to consult for you. We Perfect. only make money if you make money. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good to know that you guys are kind of that paid based on our savings, right? So if we yeah. win, you win, we win. Okay, great. Let's get it Exactly. On. If not, I don't make anything. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, we know you're good at your role because, you know, we wouldn't be in it for no profit. So it's good to hear that you're one of the experts, one of the pros, and it's been there for, you know, a number of years on the inside. And now you're helping owners like ourselves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, That's brother. Right. Thank you very much. Well, Todd, is there anything I didn't ask about? Anything that we didn't, you know, 
talk about that you were hoping I did before we go? No, I, you were very thorough. We covered a lot. There's so much to unpeel. It's like an onion. Yeah. You know, and I just encourage your, your listeners out there to take advantage of, I post a lot on LinkedIn, try to follow me on LinkedIn, follow other people, just learn a lot and ask a lot of questions. Yep. So instead of not knowing what you don't know, you actually know next time and you just, you just ask. Just keep going, right? And yeah. hey, what's the name of your podcast once it launches? So MDU Nation is the name of our podcast, and we are launching the first part of January. Um, right. And it's going to cover everything from investing to sales, how to generate ancillary revenue, legal. We're going to cover a lot of topics. And maybe you might see Abel on there. Who knows as a guest? All right. Look forward to it. It's the end of October, almost like the first pretty much of November. And this will probably air right in December. So if you're listening to this now, then right afterwards in a few weeks, you'll hear uh, Todd's new podcast. So I appreciate it. Appreciate the time, man. It's been a pleasure. And thank you very much for for giving us some insight. Thanks, Abel. Have a great day. All right. You too. And this is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. And we appreciate you listening. Why don't you go ahead, if you've gotten some value, which I know you did, either from today or previous shows, subscribe for the Five Talents Podcast, rate and review us. We would appreciate it. And thank you very much for your time. Talk to you next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please Take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.